Welcome everyone to the Wild Will Throwdown episode 10. My name is Will Greenwell and man what a show we have today. 10th episode. Every 10 episodes I will have a recap of course half of the season, the first half of the season that is. Uh, My guest and I, Hawk Harold Adams, will be talking about the different kind of things we went through in 2022 so far and it's been a crazy year. Hawk, thank you for joining me today. Hey, no problem Will. It's great to had me here, and uh, I know I was up here once before, probably the first episode, if I remember, right? It's been a while back already, but yeah, it's great having me back up here, and uh, just to talk a little bit, like you said, can't believe we're already a little bit into the season, 2022. It's been a kind of a rough start, you know, with the weather and everything. We'll kind of go over that a little bit and uh, kind of see where we're at as we start to get into the meat of the 2022 season. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's already June 6th. It's crazy today of June 6th. Of course, we record on Monday, but here Wednesday, the 8th. Um, So let's get into it. Almost halfway through the season of the 2022 racing campaign, which I can't believe. And we've had some great racing in 2022. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, with the weather and everything uh, been affecting everybody in this whole region, uh, seems like every weekend we have to deal with the weather. And uh, it's something you... You just can't do nothing about. You just have to try to do the best you can. And so, like, down to Sports Drum, you know, it seems like, you know, I said this the other night, it just seemed like we've been racing more on Sundays than we have on Saturdays, and that's crazy. But, uh, you know, it's better than not racing at all. But uh, the weather really was good this past weekend, so I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that that's a good trend that we're going to start because things seem to level out, even out. You know, you have some bad bad times, you're going to have some good times, so We've had the bad weather, so now we're hoping we're getting to a good stretch of weather here now, Will. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the big story, like you said, uh, again, is the weather. You know, Sports Trump Speedway, for instance, they've ran on many Sundays this year. Um, Salem Speedway has been forced on Saturdays to go to Sunday, we have. And uh, we hope that we're getting towards the middle of June, July, August, more notorious for our drier months. That way we can get in some racing. Now let's talk about some various tracks in the area that we like to spend some time on. Uh, let's kick it off where one of the tracks that I call events at is the course here at the Salem Speedway, the famed over half mile and quarter mile here, as well as figure eight track. I always describe Salem Speedway, Harold, and we can talk a little bit about this, but uh, basically a motorplex because you have the drifting track, you have our drag track, but in Salem Speedway, a lot of people don't know this. We have many different tracks. We have, of course, the most famed one, built in 1947, the Half Mile Oval. We also have the Inner Quarter Mile. We also have the Figure Eight course. I'll even add that with the Wilcox Towing and Trucking Scrappers. We have the Kidney Bean course. But then, of course, June 18th, we're going to see a Roval course, um, if you will, with the National Compact Touring Series and the MR Heating and Air Crown Vic Division. So it's pretty cool, all these tracks into one. Yeah, this is a quite a complex, as you say. Uh, got racetracks everywhere. I mean, what else do you want? So, uh, you know, of course, Bill's done a great job up here on uh, uh, making a lot of improvements and uh, uh, just making it better for the racer and the fans as well. And so I know there's a lot of excitement up here, Will, with uh, everything going on up here, and it uh, just keeps getting better and better. Of course, we opened our season with the Spring Fling this past year. Very successful event, of course. Mother Nature played a little bit of a role in that. Um, But then we had a huge CRA event, which was amazing. And, of course, the latest event we had being 80s Night Throwback, uh, which, of course, was on Sunday afternoon because Saturday kind of got pushed uh, to that Sunday. I think the same weekend you guys got pushed to Sunday as well. Uh, So, again, rain playing a huge role into what we had this year. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about our next event here at Salem Speedway. Our next event is Saturday, June 11th, this weekend. Uh, the Wilcox Towing and Trucking Scrappers Triple 20. Three different courses uh, on either end of the track. And of course, the Kidney Bean. That's going to be fun. The MR Heating and Air Crown Vix. The High Bank Twin uh, 30s, I believe. And then we have the Figure 8. And of course, the Inner Quarter Mile Track on the Oval. The debut of the 602 series here at Salem Speedway, of course, the baddest street stocks in the nation, the Great American Stocks, uh, fueled by the Hoosier Lottery, and uh, that that's huge. This weekend's going to be a huge racing event here at Salem Speedway. Yes, it is, and uh, weather's looking good, so we'll keep our fingers crossed there, so uh, everybody, all the great fans come out here, 
and uh, check out all the action. It sounds like it's going to be uh, one whale of a show there, Will. Now, let's talk about huge news, monumental news that broke this past week. Of course, the inheritance of the Clark County Fairgrounds track. Uh, Bill Neasley and, of course, all of us had leased that track for over over the next year. Uh, I'm sure it'll go into next year as well, but uh, that track is going to be renamed Clark County Speedway. Uh, <clears throat> now, you heard it here. I'm uh, just trying anyone who's listening to this right now. There is going to be track modifications. There are going to be a little bit widening of the straightaways, a little bit uh, more longer in the turns. Of course, there's going to be different tracks um, modifications as far as the banking as well. And we're looking at kind of somewhere in the middle of end of July, possibly, that soon to have that track's first event uh, for us at Clark County Speedway. So that's that's huge news. Yes, it is. I mean, it's never a bad thing to have another racetrack in your area. And, of course, it uh, uh, be awesome to see. I mean, that facility has just kind of been sitting there and uh, not being in use. And so uh, it'd be really interesting. I know they've done a lot of cart racing there in the past. Uh, it's been a few years. And, uh, like I say, that thing's been kind of sitting there. So it's great to see uh, uh, Bill take that over and go make some improvements there. It'd be interesting to see uh, how it all turns out and how the track looks. And uh, I know there's a lot of people going to be excited about that, a lot of, a lot of dirt fans in the area that uh, will be uh, very excited about that. I mean, I'm a race fan. I'm not – dirt, dirt tracks are not my biggest thing. But, uh, you know, it's still racing. So uh, it's always fun to watch, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so, uh, like I say, there's never been a dirt track, I guess you could say, uh, really that close to the Louisville area, if you want to say, the Louisville metropolitan area. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, once things get going, we don't know exactly what divisions, of course, you said is going to run. There's some things being talked about that. Probably have to just kind of see this year what works out. And uh, I'm sure they'll uh, – uh, just kind of get their feet wet this year, see how it goes, and uh, play it from there, and maybe next year, bigger and better things. Well, absolutely, and I can tell you now that we are planning on running more than just carts. Of course, uh, uh, Dean Whirl and Bill Nicely had a talk on the phone, and, and Dean was kind of filling them in a little more tips on what kind of carts and, and how the modifications go there. But we are planning on running the big cars. We're planning on running some open wheel micro sprints and maybe Hornets and Crown Vicks. Not on the same day as carts. A lot of people get that confused. Like, well, that's never going to work because the big cars will tear up the track. Those who've heard that we are going to try to run those Crown Vicks. But I can tell you now, uh, definitely not going to be on the same night. The greater will do wonders after the Crown Vicks. We will, you know, like we've seen, you and I have been to a lot of dirt tracks, believe it or not, when we're not racing other places. And we've seen what goes into re-tilling the track. Oh, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, there's a lot of work involved there. and uh, But uh, like I say, they, they work on that track, and uh, they'll get it ready to go. As you say, I guess it's probably best to have the carts on their own night. And uh, so I know that's what everybody would want. And it uh, sounds like that's what they're going to get and then have the some of the other divisions that they might bring in on other nights. So it's going to be exciting to see, you know, a kind of an extra thing. It's kind of a surprise to the 2022 season. So uh, all the race fans right here and drivers got a little extra treat here. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime we get more racing, like you said, I'm an advocate for every track. I, I don't have one track. Obviously, Salem Speedway. At Salem Enterprises here, Bill Nicely and the gang. I am, of course, with them. But I also travel a lot, and I also go to different tracks when we're not racing and competing here at Salem Speedway. So pretty cool with that. But Hawk, Harold Adams, that's enough about up here with us. Uh, let's talk about your neck of the woods here. Of course, you run the Race 8 program down at Sportstrom Speedway, the Race 8 Hawk Series, whatever you may call it, the Pro Front Wheel Drives. You have a great uh, car count down there for the 2022 season. And, of course, let's talk about one thing. Fuel prices, it's no secret. It, it's hurting everyone. And you know what's worse than regular car gas prices? Racing fuel prices and the tire shortage. We, you and I, <laughs> we can kind of lay back on this and talk about it. We joke about it every year. You and I keep saying after every racing season, since 2019, next year's got to be better. Next year's got to be better. You know, you've had some personal issues. I've had personal issues. 2020 comes. 2021 comes. It's got to be better. Here we are. 2022's got to be better. Now, 
of course, passing my mother. Uh, and then we go to the tire shortage and fuel prices being on the inflation side. How difficult, and I know you can explain it more than myself. Of course, I work it more in kind of management jury dirty, uh, duties here, excuse me, at Salem Speedway. But talk about almost being a promoter and run of your own division and being a photographer and whatnot. Just in racing in general, it's been a difficult, difficult year for racing all across America. Yes, it has. And uh, there's, there's, there's no denying it. I mean, everybody's heard about the tire shortage now for a while. And it's something we've been dealing with even uh, way back at the end of last season. Now, there wasn't a lot of talk about it. There was some rumors about it. I think a lot of people really didn't believe it was going to be that bad, you know, because it was, uh, you know, the off season. Yeah, we'll get it all worked out. We'll get it all worked out. But, uh, you know, I was working hard, you know, with Mike and some others talking, looking at the situation as far as tires go, uh, basically as far as what I'm talking about for my pro front wheel drive series. And, uh, of course, we were on the Hoosiers, and there was just talk of them just not making that many. And I think we discussed this earlier, but, uh, you know, they were going to make so many for the series, this series, that series, different tracks, whatever. And there just wasn't going to be that many tires left for the other guys like me. And that, it's not just for that division, too. Other series across the, across the country and the region also dealing with that same situation. Uh, there's just not enough to go around. We're talking about employees uh, uh, and, and, and just the, the, the stuff to make the tires is just hard to get. And so they're just way behind now, and it's even harder to just get caught up. So, uh, I mean, I made the decision before the season to go to the street tire. I figured that was just the safest thing. We used to run on the street tires years ago. So it was like, okay, we'll just go back to the street tires for now. It's not like a permanent thing. Maybe next year, maybe the year after, maybe the year after that, you go back to the Hoosiers. But for now, I thought it was just the best idea, the best decision to go to a street tire. And I think it was a great decision. It's actually actually helped the competition out a little bit. It's kind of brought it closer. There's been some pretty good racing this year. And, uh, you know, on these tires, they're, they're not that expensive, and you can get them. We worked it out where, where there was certain sizes we could get to so that uh, there was just a, a, a – nobody could get crazy with some illegal type tires or whatever so we're keeping a track on that so it's it's worked out pretty well maybe we go back to the hoosiers one day i mean this tire shortest i don't think is going to be over with by next season it might be a little bit better but who knows well so we'll just keep going and doing the decisions that we need to make uh, until it looks like everything's back to normal if you will now i know there are some other tracks i actually heard uh, there was one track uh, a few weeks ago that was talking about uh, talking about these Hoosiers for the front wheel drives that they were having trouble getting them, and they were like almost begging people, "Hey, if you got some out there, can you let us know? We will buy them." So they're they're really uh, hurting that way. So I was happy that I made the decision on my own, just go to the street tires. We're not worried about not about running out of tires. We've got enough tires. Well, not on a joking side, but it's almost like feast or famine because now this is forcing the promoters to fight for tires. Well, hey, I got them. I don't want him to get them. You know, and there are some promoters out there. I'm not talking about locally. I'm talking about on a national level that some of the greed is coming out. But what you can see if like, there's a food shortage. You know, you see it in movies all the time. We're fighting over everything. Now we're fighting over Hoosiers and American racers. Who would have thought we would have been saying that? Yeah, I know it's crazy, but, I mean, them tires are uh, very important. I mean, that's what makes the, the cars go. You can't run on the wheels, so you got to have some tires, you know. And there's been series and races canceled we've seen this year because tire shortage. They're like, we just can't get them this week. Or next week, whatever, this special event's been moved to later on in the year, or we've changed it and we're going to do something else different. So it's really uh, made the promoters just really scramble, as you say, and it's kind of dog-eat-dog right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we've saw just recently the case 
Construction World of Outlaw Late Model Series have to cancel a couple races. Uh, $10,000 to win races, we see a regular show, but $10,000 for those drivers' haulers and, and tire shortage, that is nothing. It kind of wipes the slate clean. But now I'm going to let you talk a little bit about Sportstrom Speedway season celebrating 76 years this year. Uh, what's been going down around there? Talk a little bit about what has been happening in that 2022 season at the Sportstrom Speedway. Yeah, we'll go over things here a little bit briefly here. Uh, of course, the uh, affordable Ford's always been a big thing down there. Basically, as we always say, the birth of the Crown Vicks, the affordable Ford's, and they always come out in uh, full force. And so the car count has been running uh, like it was this past week. It was over 50 cars. So they've been getting usually in the 40s or 50s. So always two and three features on the oval and a good field for the figure eights. So those are doing really good. Of course, as you talk about the tire situation, they kind of got it, things kind of figured out down there for the modified figure eight and the sportsman. And so that's really made it uh, much more affordable for those guys and uh, making things good and competitive. So they're uh, slowly getting the uh, car counts back up on that. So uh, it's just going over briefly a little bit. Uh, basically, the season so far, let's take a look. Uh, I mean, I don't have the points right now, but we can go over some of the feature winners this year and things how things have gone. Uh, speaking of the modified figure eights, they've got a big race coming up this week, the uh, Kentucky in a Tank Wash modified figure eight triple 25s. So we're looking for a good car count there. And uh, right now, uh, uh, the, this past week's uh, feature winner, uh, Dale Shelton, that was his second feature win of the year coming out of retirement for i think the second or maybe third time of his career a legend down there at the track and a, a great figure eight driver and uh just looking at some other winners uh josh logsden uh matt johnson had his first big win of the season in the keep cool 100 having a strong year of course son of the legendary raymond johnson and then mike berry picked up uh a couple of wins also in that 51 machine so uh uh, good uh, competition down there in the modified figure eight division. Uh, looking for a big week this week also. And uh, the uh, ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division, uh, very competitive. Uh, the car count's been a little bit low, but there are some cars out there. It's getting built and uh, getting ready. So I, we look for that to improve. Uh, Austin Williams has a uh, feature win. Marcus Elliott has two. And Chad Dealey won this past week. Uh, also has a uh, two wins and also nick reed picked up the big uh win uh, a couple weeks ago triple 25s in that division and uh speaking of my uh, race eight stuff the uh race eight pro front wheel drives on the oval uh been very competitive but uh one lady stands out jamie beerman harbin she's won three out of the four features uh been really a, a tough lady to beat and the only one that has beat her so far that number 10 austin scott snuck in there and got one but she was right on his tail so uh congratulations to austin and uh, those guys and gals race again this week also as part of that show as talking about the triple uh, 25s for the modified figure eight the pro frontal drives are on the oval and figure eight this week the figure eights have only run one time and it was nick cooper uh getting a win so he'll be looking to follow that up with another win this week as they're out there doing oval and figure eight I uh, want to look at the uh, affordable Fords, as we said, a bunch of cars uh, each and every week. Uh, the Ford Oval having two and three features a week, each week. Uh, so uh, lots of different winners there. Um, you've got, uh, of course, AJC is jumping at Scotty Shelton 77, has looked very strong, has a couple wins there. Almost won this week, lost by like a nose to Craig Wilder in a great photo finish in the, their race there. And uh, we've seen uh, lots of different ones. Uh, Derek Smith's picked up a win. Ken Tung at Evans won, has won. Andy Perriman has a couple wins. So it's uh, really good to see. Frank Stevenson even got in there and got a win. So you've seen some different people with uh, wins out there. Jordan Fry. So it's great to see some of these young kids out there that have, we've seen out there the last couple years kind of get their feet wet, kind of get out there, get a year under their belt. And then uh, it seems like the following year they come back and they're real competitive and they end up getting their first win. It's really exciting to see their smile on their face. So it's really awesome to see. That's what it's all about. Uh, looking at the uh, Ford figure eight, I was looking at the winners this year. It's very interesting. Uh, they've had uh, 
I believe it's eight different features this year. And in the Ford Figure 8, there's been a different winner each race. And I didn't realize that till I was looking at it. I mean, that's a very competitive division. And uh, those guys are really going at it. So, I mean, we've seen Jacob Robertson win, uh, AJC, Ricky Puckett, Craig Wilder, Allen Pinball Douglas, a veteran, uh, Paul Hartlich, uh, Ronnie Basham won the big 50-lapper a couple weeks ago, and um, this week it was Derek Smith in a Craig Wilder machine. So we've had all different winners, so that's really interesting there. And uh, same goes for the Powder Puff. They've run four races this year, uh, been very competitive. We had four different winners. Uh, we've had Tiffany Shelton, we've had uh, Ali Boudreaux, Miranda Jane, and Don Douglas. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when they get back here in a couple weeks uh, who's going to take the next checker flag there. And uh, we also have had the World Figure 8 Tour Outlaw Figure 8s one time a couple weeks ago, and a big 100-lapper, very uh, uh, always great to see the Outlaws in action. It was Jesse Tunney picking up the win there after Mark Tunney had some uh, uh, bad luck with the flat tire late in that race. So it was uh, Jesse Tunney coming away with the win there. So it's been a pretty good start. We've seen a lot of different winners in the different divisions. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see where it goes from here as we, uh, as I've said before, we get into the meat of the schedule and uh, hopefully the weather cooperates and we can get in some uh, good, clean, non-rainy weekends here and uh, have some good crowds and everything because that always is bad for the crowd too. You know, we'll, we've seen where it's a, a kind of a gloomy day or, or it looks like it's going to rain and it just holds the crowd off because, you know, people are a little scared of that rain. I can understand that. You know, your diehards come out. But if you want to really be successful and you want to see big crowds come out, if there's a nice night, the crowd's going to be there. So it's always good to see that. So hopefully we get into a, a good trend and we see some good racing and some good crowds. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, of course, as well as we do, we have a lot of to look forward to coming up in the second part of the season, of course. Um, you also have the big thing at the end of the year called the Midwestern. That's the championship for the World Figure 8 Tour. Uh, we have a lot of different things for us as well. One of our biggest weekends coming up is the Firecracker 200 weekend. A lot of those guys in the Great American Stocks looking for wins. You know, Brian Bear, the bird's eye bullet, picked up our last win. Uh, before that was Jeff Stith in the 94, and then before that was Will Kimmel. So our three winners in the Great American Stocks this year, that division growing each and every time. Now, Let's talk a little bit about the schedule at Sportstrom. So there's the one hour coming up with the Smokies Discount Tobacco Outlet School Bus Figure 8. you got a lot of different things, but they're bringing back the Jake Gibson um, midseason championship. That's pretty huge. Yeah, uh, honoring Jake, of course, who uh, uh, still owns the track and has for many, many years. I know he, uh, most of y'all know he's been in really bad health over the past few years, but he's still alive and kicking and uh, – uh, so it's great that he's just hanging on. I mean, he's a tough old guy, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to, to get back out to the track. He's not able to make it out there each and every week. So uh, hopefully he'll get to the point where he can come back out there. Uh, I have a feeling that he might So because uh, uh, he just he just keeps going. But, yeah, the midseason championship, interesting. That's something they did away with uh, several years ago, but it's something that they did all the time back in the day when they didn't have a lot of special events like there is now. There wasn't a whole lot of specials. You only had like two or three different specials. Every night was just a regular night. So mid-season was like some uh, – it was one of the big, big events. And as you started adding all these other big events, it's the mid-season seemed like it was something that just didn't need you, – you didn't really need it anymore. So it kind of got dropped, but now it's back again. So we'll, it'd be interesting to see how that works out that night and what they're going to do. And uh, it'll be great uh, – to see the midseason championship back again honoring jake now let's switch gears to get a little dirty here we're going to brownstown speedway of course they had a really good season so far of course the p3 graphics indiana late model series on tour right now they've been to brownstown their home uh, they've been up to circle city i believe they've been i, I don't think circle city yet that, that was on their schedule i believe i don't quote me on that bloomington speedway where we went for the first time you and i visited that track then of course lincoln park speedway so big time for them crate late models for the indiana late model series they've also had great racing in every division of course there were 
Hornet division, Michael Brewer, he is just kicking rear up there in that division. You have the pure stocks, super stocks, of course. You have the super late models there that Devin Gilpin won the championship last year from. Um, man, huge series, huge events. They just had the Flow Racing Night in America, $22,022 to win for the super late models. Great car count. Jim Price and the gang up there doing great things as always. Let's talk a little bit about their special events because they, you know, we see it more and more. You and I talk about it. Dirt tracks have huge payout races, and it's we talk about it all the time. But a weekend they have to look forward to, have to, is the Jackson 100 weekend. Huge car count, huge purse. And, of course, this weekend they're off. And I will make mention of this. They brought back at Eldora the Dirt Million. $1 million to win. Uh, this weekend, it's going to be Wednesday and Thursday night, and I saw, Harold, the registration this morning, 115 super late models entered already for that $1 million purse, but that's not it. The next two nights after that, they have a $100,000 to win event, So, and that's pocket change compared to a million, but uh, pretty cool to see Brownstown, and dirt racing, is it's pushing on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very strong. Like you said, we always talk about it all the time. They seem like they seem to get the sponsors for, for some of these different events. And, uh, of course, you got these drivers from all over that like to travel. And uh, so uh, they can pull them in. I guess for a million, that's where you don't have a million cars there, Will. Yeah, absolutely. Dirt Million, of course. Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Donnie Moran, Devin Moran's father. Of course, uh, I follow dirt track racing a lot, uh, more than Hawk Harold Adams does. But, uh, you know, uh, he's looking uh, to follow his father's footsteps this week up at Eldora Speedway. Other facilities that have been going full throttle, we'll make mention of it, is including the brand new Plymouth Motor Speedway. And uh, you and I have talked about going up. Don't know if it'll be this weekend, but we're going to try to make it up there. We, You and I, the same owners of South Bend Motor Speedway, the last event, they had 35 to 39 outlaw late models. That's impressive. We talk about the tire shortage. But you and I visited South Bend, I think, a couple years back. Um, it, it impressed us both. You know, I think you were more impressed by the strawberry cheesecake uh, that you got at the concession stand. Uh, but, man, talk about that program, how South Bend Motor Speedway's cars, I mean, that's a high-banked short track. But they, and you can talk a little bit about this because you remember more than I do, you said Plymouth has been different tracks along the way. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of people don't know about that. Uh, I never made it up there, but I know, uh, can you believe it or not, there was an outlaw figure eight race up there, maybe a couple of them, of the IOFS by uh, Charlie Hargraves. And uh, but that track has really changed. I mean, it was uh, basically uh, a regular asphalt track with a figure eight in the middle of it, kind of like Sports Drome or the short track here at Salem. And then it changed and went to a dirt track. And then they went to like a dirt track and an asphalt track. They had both of them like right there together. That didn't work out very well. So it went back to like just dirt. And then they went back. To tore it up again to decide they was going to do asphalt so they've really done a lot of work there now and it looks good from what we've seen the pictures in the video so i think they got a good thing going there like you said they're they're kind of in together with south bend working together they got some good car counts and uh, the track looks good yeah we, we saw south bend motor speedway um a couple years back you and i decided to drive up that way and man that impressed us the car count was phenomenal the track layout was wonderful i think you were kind of worried about walking around the track looking how close you can stick your arm in the fence there <laughs> but uh man what a you know you and i we kind of we kind of grade tracks if you will we look at the the facilities we look at the food uh we look at the the track layout but man that's always fun to do but south bend motor speedway that was a really cool track yeah, like I say, I'll never forget how good that strawberry cheesecake was. So if we ever go up here again, I'm hoping they have that. I'll be disappointed no matter how good the racing is. But anyway, yeah, it was really awesome. You could really see really well. Like I say, we was there for hot laps. We was right up there on the track. You can put your finger through the fence. I was like, hold on, wait a minute now. <laughs> Don't want to break my finger. I already broke my leg with racing. But anyway, uh, no, it was really cool. And like I said, yeah, they got the really high banks there. It's sort of like an Anderson track in a way. Uh, so it's really cool. And they get some pretty good speeds. And they had a huge car count. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Now let's talk about another great track since this is just our recap. Every 10 episodes we do it. We are going to be on the call, of course, of Mount Lawn Speedway. And you've said, Hawk, this is your favorite non-figure-eight track. 
Unfortunately, with Mother Nature, we haven't made it up yet because the Sunday that we were supposed to be at Mount Lawn, uh, Saturday, of course, my duties was here at Salem Speedway. We got postponed to Sunday. You were my backup. Guess what? At Sportstrom, you got postponed to Monday, or excuse me, Sunday, uh, and then you couldn't make it up. And I had poor Jimmy and Dave up there, everybody scrambling, and I apologize for that, and I thank you so much for the help that I had up there because we know where the duties kind of lied at. Um, but it's definitely a pleasure to be the announcer up there, 2022 season. You're as well going to be filling in a lot of events for me this year that I have prior, you know, other tracks that I've made you know, out in Colorado and whatnot. Um, so... With that being said, tell us why that it's your favorite non-figure eight track. Well, uh, the layout of that track is very unique. Uh, probably nothing like it I've ever seen, and and I don't know if there's anything like it across the country. But, I mean, basically years ago it used to be a baseball field. And just looking at it, you can kind of see that. And it's, it's shaped kind of going off the baseball diamond field because you got a very small turn on one end kind of where home plate was and some people like to call it the home plate turn but i don't think they like that up there so we're not going to call it that uh what is it they like to call it will the uh short turn it is the short turn you have to hit, get on the brake if you don't get on the brake there you're going to be off the track and gone because there's like nothing there you just kind of just keep going into the dirt maybe into the creek into the parking lot wherever so you've got to get that break there and so uh yeah you go along there and then you kind of got the straightaway and it kind of gives a little left turn a little bit and then you got a big long swooping turn then you got a little turn there again on the back stretch they call it the dog leg and then you got the long back stretch where they get up some speed. Then they got to hit that brake again. So there's a lot of working going on for the driver. I mean, you've got to be you got to be on your toes there. You can't just cruise it and just kind of be on cruise control doing the same motion because you got one turn this way, the other turns the other way, and you've got a lot of things going on there. And you don't want to, like I say, go off into the creek or in the trees. There's actually some trees that you could hit. I've heard that years ago, different times, there's been some big wrecks where cars have gone off over that way and into the tree and into the creek but it's a really beautiful track very beautiful out in the middle of the country and uh great scenery but yeah it's a great track i always last couple uh years we've been going up there a lot as you said and we we enjoy it a lot and uh there's always some good racing and uh it's it's really a lot of fun so it's going to be great and i'm great uh, uh that will was able to ask me to uh come up there and help him out and like he said, uh, some nights he won't be able to make it up there, and I'm going to fill in for him, and uh, I'm gracious for that. Uh, a lot of the drivers we do know up there, and uh, as we get going here, we'll know them a lot more. And uh, it's going to be great to see and call those races up there at Mount Lawn. And I promise you, from what I have saw on social media, if you do not call those turns correctly, you will be corrected. So the short turn, the dog leg, the back stretch, you know, we got to get that vocab in. Uh, so, you know, the Wooten Automotive Modifieds up there, man, they have the best modified car count for a regular show than I've seen. The Red Bones Pizza and Wings, I believe, we're going to try to hit that this sunday i believe hopefully if we can go <laughs> if mother nature allows us that is but man is it's so cool the, the you can allude to because i'm gonna need your help a lot up there with the front wheel drive divisions there's stock and then there's pro up there as well i believe yeah they have two divisions up there and they usually get pretty good car counts up there we've seen the last couple years and uh, i know the opening night they had a pretty good car count so uh, yeah, that's something we'll have to get used to. I know there's uh, a little bit of difference here and there, and uh, I think guys can actually – I know they've, I've seen some guys do both. They make some changes and are able to do both, but I think uh, it's a little bit of work. But uh, yeah, they do pretty good on the front-wheel drives up there, and as you said, the Modifieds, they just always get a great car count. They put on a heck of a show, and that is uh, one great uh, facility. It seems like it works really well with the modified cars so uh and of course that's something we don't see a lot of down this way so it's a real treat usually when we go up there to see those modifieds up there uh street stocks i believe are actually running the cra van hoy oil uh street stocks this week up there and uh 
So uh, it, those are always great to see on that track. Anything that runs up there is really good, too. So uh, anyway, we want to talk about the Joe, uh, Joe James Pat O'Connor uh, memorial race this weekend, Will. I know that's something that they've always run here at Salem. So what's going on with, on with that now, Will? Yeah, so absolutely. You know, um, Bill Nicely and Dave Duncan at Mount Lawn have talked and, of course, the Joe James Pat O'Connor Memorial was supposed to be scheduled and slated to run this Saturday night at Salem Speedway. But with the tires, and, of course, it's no secret, last time we had three modifieds out here, and we believe that it would be unfair to put on such a prestigious race with that many cars. So uh, they had talked. Dave Duncan, of course, they all knew Joe James Pat O'Connor, and they decided this weekend, this Sunday, uh, that will be the Joe James Pat O'Connor Memorial for the Modifieds, the Wooten Automotive Modifieds at Mount Lawn Speedway. So that's pretty cool. Should bring out a great modified car count, like always. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome to see. And uh, like I said, they always put on a great show. It'd be great to uh, have that as part of the Joe James Pat O'Connor situation there, the memorial race. I know I've seen back in the day when I was younger, I actually was here at Salem and I actually seen a couple of those races that they had with the sprint cars. So uh, that is a, a tradition that I know everybody involved in that wants to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. But now we would be remiss if we didn't talk about our great friends up at the Indianapolis Speedrome. Because you and I love going there when we have nothing else to go to or even go up there. But wow, what phenomenal racing we've seen, including the second biggest race of the year up there, the Spring Shootout. And uh, talk about that. You were actually there. I was not. I was in Louisiana, of course, husband duties. Uh, but I got to watch it on speedrome.tv. Um, you know, that was... <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that event because it was so phenomenal, and especially the ending. But, uh, man, what was the atmosphere like being there at the track that day? Yeah, it was really uh, really great. I actually missed the shootout last year because I had just broken my leg, so I watched it on TV like you did this year. And this year I was there, and you couldn't make it. So, anyway, one of us was there. I'm glad I was there for this one. Uh, like I said, uh, there was a, a huge car count. They expected a good car count, but you didn't know if really all those guys were going to show up. You know, but uh, ended up being more than what they even thought. 35 cars, I believe it was. So it was great. I mean, you could just feel the excitement, all the cars. And you had a lot of great competition there. You had some really good drivers. So you knew it was going to be a good race. Of course, uh, that being the one hour and everything, uh, a lot of money on the line. Basically, uh, uh uh, it was originally supposed to be a 90-minute shootout, but because of the tire shortage, earlier in the year they decided to change it because they was going to have to do different thing with the tires and everything. So this would just make it a lot easier on tire wear and the tires they could get. So anyway, it turned out really good. And uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, as far as as good as the figure eight races it was, I mean it was one of the best figure eight races I have ever seen in a long time, excluding the three hour races because those are like the best races every year, hands down the three hour. I mean you just can't beat it. But as far as like during the season, this was one of the best races I've seen as far as during the regular season that I've seen in a long time. And of course it came down to the very last lap. And a heartbreak for uh, Chad Sizemore. i got to give a shout-out to him again. I did that on race eight. Uh, he had it – looked like he had it in the bag. Well, I wouldn't say in the bag, but he was in front leading late in that race, uh, battling with uh, Mike Hadley. And then uh, they got in some lap traffic, and here come Jesse Tunney, like, out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, he was up in the mix, and all three of them were right there. And last turn, last straightaway, ended up being Jesse Tunney taking the win but also i gotta give a shout out can't forget our buddy ronnie ronnie basham he led several several laps and looked like he had the best car throughout most of that race but they had some kind of issue with the carburetor or something was cutting out a little bit and that's why he had to slow down a little bit so they've always had a lot of bad luck in some of these uh, races but the way they've been running this year i think uh, they had a shot at winning some big races, maybe even the three-hour. But as I said, in that race, too, you had a lot of tough competition. And uh, so that race there should really build things back up again in anticipation for another great three-hour in September up there at the Speedrome. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But now, you forgot to mention, since this is the Wild Will Throwdown, there's a new outlaw out there that is sponsored 
by the Wild Will Throwdown. No favoritism, but now we have to give him some credit. My man. <laughs> My man. We've heard that a lot. But uh, he is none other than Buddy Vertries. Historic, legendary, he won't admit it. But Vertries' name, Harold, you know. Vertries have a long, long legacy in the area tracks here in Kentuckyana. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Before I go any further, though, I was talking earlier about uh, the the finish of the one-hour with them getting in the lap traffic. Well, Buddy Vertries was one of those guys that was in the way, so I just wanted to mention that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, Buddy. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, of course, Andy Vertries, his dad, ran the famed Louisville Motor Speedway for years, and he actually run charlestown motor speedway and kentucky motor speedway before that for a few years and andy of course was a legendary figure eight driver in the area at the fairgrounds and the sports drome too uh way back in the 70s and into the 80s and i actually remember that yes i am that old i can remember races back then so uh yeah i'm old i'm retired so i guess i am old there ain't no way around it now I'm an old man, so yeah. I, the Vertries uh, name is uh, legendary in figure eight racing. It's it's great to see Buddy. I know he was out for several years, and he just came back here a couple years ago. And it's great to see him back out there and being competitive for the most part, except for this past week when he was uh, in the way again. But uh, will well, I will say, and I will allude to that. We got a top ten run. Okay, we finished ninth, I believe. So that that's good for getting caught up in the leaders. But you know, I was never a big believer of the blue and yellow flag, anyway. So I don't think you should tell people to move over. I just think. <laughs> but let's talk about um, the huge thing, the three hour that's coming up. Because you and I, we haven't missed one in the last couple of years. We've always tried to make the three hour. Uh, last year we got the the blessing of going to the three hour. And I won't say the next day, but Seahawks beat us, unfortunately, the Colts. But I'm not going to mention that since you're here in the studio with your Seahawks hat on, unfortunately. But uh, that was a great atmosphere, you know, and you talk about everything that leads up to it. That From them, let me, let me go back a little further. From them in prelims, practicing, qualifying, everything you can talk about, going back to the hotel – it's like, man, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to see this race. But the activities that Saturday, from when they push the cars and their crews out to that starting grid, um, sometimes they have random singers out in the middle of the track. It's always funny. But, man, the anticipation. And when they start those engines up, it is just an electric atmosphere. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I say, it's a hands down the best race of the year for us anyway. So, uh I know there's a lot of people listening that that are figure eight racers or fans and they understand it there's probably a lot of people listening that are not figure eight fans and don't quite get it maybe they haven't seen much figure eight they've seen some little bit here and there nothing really great well you owe it to yourself to go to the world figure eight three hour at the speedrome sometime in september i mean it's just uh, you'll go and you'll end up being a figure eight fan. There's no way about it. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, it's the most prestigious figure eight race there is. It is the world figure eight championship, 20000 to win, and that is big money for those figure eight guys. And these are, these are outlaws, as we like to call them. They call them late models, outlaws, whatever. But, uh, you know, they've got the high-dollar cars that are built from scratch, you know, and uh, the motors are all beefed up. Everything on it is, 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 is top, top of the line. And it's amazing to see them go through that X time and time again. And you might be thinking to yourself, too, three hours, it's got to be boring after a while. <laughs> no, it is three hours of nonstop action. I mean, it just is. I mean, I have never been disappointed walking away from that race. I have never been disappointed. There's so many different storylines that go on because they got to make pit stops. There's all kinds of little wrecks going on. They've got to get through traffic. They've got to get through the intersection. You've got alternates coming in, which is so strange. There's not many races around the country that are set up this way where they start 28 cars. You have alternates waiting, which sometimes is 10, 15, 20 or more cars waiting. As soon as a car gets disabled with a flat tire or a wreck and goes out, they send the next alternate in. 
then the trick is of course the one that went out they can get fixed and they can come back out so you can actually have more cars added to the race as it goes on and there'll be a lot of times there'll be 30 cars on the track for the longest time and it's it's just really exciting to see everybody like say that goes loves it so if you haven't been you need to make plans to go sometime not this year next year whenever but you owe it to yourself to see it at least one time and tell me what you think well, it's also going to be interesting to see how the tire shortage plays into that three-hour this year. Uh, but I think last year was the first time I've ever seen uh, the, the 28 starters, one of them have a problem. And Doodle was the first – Doodle Ferris was the first alternate. And he actually started the race. So that was a weird kind of uh, situation there that we saw there in the three-hour. But nevertheless, you know, it's going to be a great, season, uh, great race for them as well. Uh, you know, also other dirt tracks in the area it's had phenomenal seasons. You got Lake Cumberland Speedway down in Burnside, Kentucky, had a great season. Ponderosa Speedway, Junction City, Richmond Raceway out in Richmond, Kentucky, Lawrenceburg Speedway, of course, a huge high bank track up in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And of course, we just visited Bloomington uh, Speedway up in Bloomington, Indiana. How you and I kind of were in amazed a little bit about Bloomington because we have never been there before. We have never visited Bloomington Speedway. Of course, home of IU, you know how that goes. Uh, sorry to all my IU fans out there. Okay, Hoosiers, all right. Now, people don't know this. I live in Kentucky, so – and no, don't worry. I'm not a Kentucky fan. I'm a Louisville fan. I work at the university. Yeah, I know. You're over there booing just like with your Seahawks hat on. But, uh, man, talk about that racetrack. I tell you what, I remember Chris Workman telling me once a while back, and I remembered it when I, we got there. He said it's the most beautiful facility he's ever seen. And it is, man. You walk up that hill and look at the track, you're like amazed. I mean, it looks, the grass looks like it's just been kept, well kept. Like they got some people uh, working on the, on the grass that is just uh, top of the line. I mean, it is just perfect. And everything looks nice and neat, everything in place. I mean, the, the stands is really cool the way they have it set up where you can see really well. You can bring your lawn chairs in there and uh, sit and get a good view of everything. And everybody's having a good time. And uh, everything was set up really nice. And uh, I was really impressed, you know, uh, for a dirt track. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. No, but uh, it was a really cool, cool thing. And we had a good time. Also, I want to mention one more track that I do like as far as dirt tracks that you didn't mention. Tri-State. Tri-State Speedway in Hobstadt, Indiana. We went visited that a couple years ago, and I really enjoyed watching the sprint cars on there. So I just want to give them a shout-out. Class track. There we go, the class track. you got to give them a shout-out. Uh, of course, I believe Terre Haute is the action track. So then Tri-State, the class track. I mean, there's a ton of tracks we haven't been to that we definitely want to visit, and we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Tri-State because – you know, I, I like these kind of tracks. You, most dirt tracks you find is out in the middle of nowhere, which I like. Um, Tri-State was no different because in the background you had beautiful farmland, an actual barn, uh, all the farm equipment. So it was really cool to see the layout of that track. Of course, you get off there close to Evansville and you go down past the truck stops there and it's there on the left. So pretty impressive. Uh, but Hawk Harold Adams, first and foremost... The season that is coming up, and you're not going to get this, but it's fair season. Fair season in the area. People are like, what are you talking about fair season for? Well, there's a lot of motorsports that go on at county fairs in Kentucky, Indiana, no matter where you are in the country. But, I mean, we're talking demolition derbies, truck and tractor pulls, mud racing, and I would be remiss if autocross didn't come up because, actually, you've competed in some autocrosses. I don't think you've won. But but talk about how fun fair season is here in the area for motorsports. Yeah, it's great. I mean, everybody comes out to those fairs and stuff. They want to be entertained. And what more better way to be entertained than by motorsports, right? So it's so easy to do the demolition derbies at these places. And it's a, a tra- kind of a tradition for years. So it's a fun thing to do. You know, you could come out there and, and uh, have your funnel cakes and popcorn and stuff, you know, for the kids and and for the big kids and uh enjoy some demolition derby and then you have you know kids there with you you can go over do the rides you know and uh it's always a good time and uh, yeah like you said sometimes they do the autocross stuff matter of fact i was seeing that the floyd county fair is actually this week and they're actually having some kind of figure eight racing uh like three times or four times this week so it's like you know might have to check that out and see what's going on over uh i'm sure it's a you know it's a little situation but 
it's going to be fun because it's part of the fair. And uh, like I say, there's so many different fairs running all these different little events. I know. I think we're going to try to make Harrison County and uh, check out some action over there as well. Yeah, a lot of fun over there. Wouldn't call it big fun, but uh, you know, we like to have fun. Me and him are good buddies. I can tell you that now. And uh, let's talk a little sports preseason. Seahawks go not to the playoffs this year. How about that? Definitely not going to the playoffs. I'm not getting any hopes up there. It's a rebuilding year, you know what I'm saying? we got to find us a quarterback and everything. But who knows? Drew Locke might be the answer. He might just take us to all the way to the Super Bowl first year. Who knows? But uh, I don't know if anybody knows or not, but the Denver Broncos are playing their first game at Seattle on a Monday night. So that's going to be quite an interesting situation. I'm sure Russell Wilson will probably have about 10 touchdowns and 1,000 yards. But uh, we'll just get that that game out of the way right away. I think Matt Ryan's going to do good for our Colts. Of course, I am an Indianapolis Colts fan. We've actually been to – I think we went to a couple games this year. We went to the Patriots and Colts game. We also went to the Seahawks and Colts game. I like the Patriots and Colts game better than that. But, you know, I really – interesting. I got to see the Patriots fans. Man, they are a different bunch of characters. Uh, yeah, they weren't very nice, it seemed like, up there. And uh, we've seen some uh, near fights, if you will, some arguing going on. And it's like, you know, come on, guys. But, yeah, we, we you know, being an NFL fan for years and years, I, I kind of know that it's not very pleasant. I've been up to Cincinnati uh, a lot of times, and they haven't been very friendly to us. But i got to say the worst place we've been to was Cleveland. And uh, they were not very friendly at all. I was lucky to just to come out of there with my life. I mean, these people were nuts. They didn't like us up there on their turf, I guess you could say. But uh, anyway, we got the last laugh on them. I remember we won that game, so we got them. Well, you had to be careful with Cleveland because that's my in-laws up there, you know. But uh, you're a Seahawks fan, so partly I cannot blame them. But that, that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, Hawk, uh, we're going to have you on more often here each week, just for a little, maybe 10 to 15 minute segment to talk about a little bit of recap around the area, uh, as well as our other guests. We got a lot of guests coming up in 2022, uh, June next week, be listening for that special guest. He'll be on here. Uh, we'll announce it later in the week. And then of course, more guests after that. But, uh, Hawk Harrod Adams, thank you so much for being here today, man. It's, it's been a great time. Anytime you come on, uh, give us a recap. Like we said, every 10 episodes, we're going to do a kind of a long, kind of like we did here today. Um, recap episode but every week I think we're going to have you on a little bit in a segment to kind of we can give a recap on the prior weekend if you will yeah it'd be great I appreciate you having me on here hopefully everybody's okay with me being on here with you so uh, we'll see how it goes anyway but I appreciate it and everything so we've had a lot of fun here just sitting here uh, at a racetrack talking about racing I mean how much better does it get than that absolutely and uh, race fans drivers crew that's going to do it for today for everyone uh, for this recap of episode 10 of the Wild Will Throwdown. Be on the lookout again who the guests will be next week on the Wild Will Throwdown episode 11. Thank again, thank you again to Hawk Harold Adams for coming on and doing the recap. Also, thank you to everyone at Dirt 2 Media for their help as always with the production staff. Remember, race fans, after every episode I say, drivers and crews always support your local short track. I'm Will Greenwell and I will see you around the turn.